listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. Y'all heard us corny with that Illuminati ass. Paparazzi, catch my fly and my cocky fresh. I'm so reckless when I rock my Givenchy dress. I'm so possessive, so I rock his rock necklaces. My daddy, Alabama. My mama, Louisiana. You mix that Negro with that Creole. Make a Texas Bama. Hey, welcome to the Blackout Test Podcast. Your host, Rod and Karen. Yes, Karen. Mm-hmm. I'm about to say you didn't give you me time too, to you respond. You was laughing too hard. You was laughing okay. too hard. I thought you was going to take too long. I, I apologize. <laughs> uh, but we are live. I'm excited. It's uh, another year, another uh, very special Mother's Day edition of the Blackout Tips. Uh, you guys should recognize that voice that started the lyrics. It's my mom. Hey, mom. How you doing? Hello, Rod and Karen. And happy Mother's Day to, to you. you. Thank you so much. And we did get you something. We did. All right. Um, because my mom is uh, already has everything. Um, <laughs> she uh, sent us an email this year with the acceptable gifts. And uh, I had to go to the Sephora store and uh, get you the... Uh, now, is that the right thing? The curl kit? The Diva curl kit? Yes, okay. thank you. Thank you. No problem. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm upgrading. I was in and out of there. They was... They knew I didn't belong. They was just like, uh, we know what you came for. <laughs> hey, Roger, Roger, game the list. T- uh, tell about your adventure, baby. Oh, it wasn't an adventure. I just walked in and was like, uh, I think I'm looking for some type of diva, some curl kit or something. <laughs> and then she just was like, got on the walkie talkie, was like, Paul, it's, uh, the get the kid or whatever. And <laughs> we, we got a lost one. At yeah. least it, this one got a list. Make it simpler. <laughs> we don't so, gotta go around the store this time. <laughs> so it's pretty easy um but uh that was the first time been in the mall in a long time mall changed oh, yes, yes it mm-hmm. is not baby it is not the same yeah south park is like um it really upgraded to five star mm-hmm. and beyond mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that's they got I- a digital kiosk now where you can like type in the store you want to go to on a touch screen and it'll show you it'll show you the directions on like a like an arrow with a map that's like you need to go from here make a left and then go down here like that's pretty cool that's good so, i'm glad it was a great trip for you yeah it was easy i, I mean i just like easy shopping i'm not as long as i don't gotta like try on a bunch of shit like just give me <laughs> just show me which way to go what to get and i'm i'm in and out yeah, i didn't think about it we were talking about it earlier i was and roger said i know i'm not the only man i was like yeah you probably aren't the only one that just looked lost and they be like sir uh what, i'm surprised they'd be like uh can you just give us the list of the items that she wrote down for you can we look at the email <laughs> yeah i mean and we'll be sure to get everything she got on the list yeah anytime i get like just stand anytime i start to get any type of like anxiety or stuff like that about doing stuff like that i always just think like i'm not the only person like every like a hundred people have done this before me so exactly. i'll just be the hundred person trying to do it and they got a job to do so they just they see this all the time so That's right. it was easy yeah like i said and with you not being a woman they don't they're not trying to upgrade you upsell you bombard you you know what i'm saying like it's a little different than than men coming in there because a lot of times when women come in there you know some women come in there they go i know what i want i want to get out but some women come in there for some women have but they want facials they want makeovers they they are doing like this variation of things so i guess yeah those people that with we're, we're prepared for the simplest and we're prepared for the complex <laughs> now i will uh mention to the chat room the people will live we do take questions during this if you want to ask a question of my mom uh i'll try to be mindful of that and uh ask it during the uh show 
uh it's no pressure if you don't i'll still have a show planned out so you know it's, it's whatever um uh, but uh before we get into the news and stuff how you doing mom how's how's the year been treating you since uh last time i've, I've had a great year <clears throat> i turned 60 mm-hmm. which is wonderful karen and i and some more friends we went out and got our jam on. I had a ball. We had a good time. <laughs> I had the time of my life. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I was lit. One of my friends uh, owned a facility. We went to, we take yoga together. Mm-hmm. And so pretty much the party was on her to my surprise. Oh. We had our own reserved area. Wow. And we got the party started. <laughs> we did some uh soul train line mm-hmm. we had people joining our party right <laughs> we did we were partying so hard people was like oh y'all look like y'all are having way too much fun and they i mean it was younger people in there too but yeah. they were really looking at y'all like y'all look like y'all are more crunk than the young people can we <laughs> join your crew exactly we had a ball it wasn't your typical 60 year old party mm-hmm. but i'm not your typical 60 year old I hear no. you. So, so y'all didn't play no spades and nobody got cut? Nobody no. got cut. No, I guess it wasn't <laughs> no. a typical 60-year-old party then. You know what? And, and one thing is, like, I realized, like, it was some other family that, that was younger than me, but I didn't realize it was such a, a age gap as far as music-wise. Like, I know, I knew just about all the music, but, like, me and your mama, we knew Beyonce. Like, I knew Rihanna. And Rihanna's like, bitch, better have my money came on. And they were looking at me like... How do you know all the words? I was like, bitch, better have my money. Hey, and it was looking like, hi, Robin was like, hi, go. I was like, pay me what you owe me. Hey, and then I was just back up and start dancing. They was like, what is wrong with her? I was like, see, y'all need to get hip. I felt hip for the first time. Can you believe that? And then ape shit came on. Yes. And I lost my shit. <laughs> I had a ball. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I, since the last time uh you were on the show we did the live show yes and, uh, at blumenthal we was up there yesterday oh, yeah. getting something to eat in that area of town and uh we rode by blumenthal theater and it was like i can't believe we was in there right, right. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> me and roger looked at each other like can you believe we actually did a show in the same place they do Hamilton, like I'm talking about, like they do orchestras there, y'all. Right. Like the Lion King, like <laughs> like like they do fancy stuff, and then you got these two regular ass niggas pop up in there with y'all. Right, yeah, saying nigga. Yeah, right, saying nigga. <laughs> Know. you know the rest of them they was like no nigger we do not say and this the, and the people at the facility loved us which is you know that was like we never seen people your fans are so great we never seen people come from this far out just to come to see something like normally it's people coming from like maybe south carolina mid hill yeah that was like matthews y'all got people from like france and shit and (laughs) oregon australia they was like california that was because i guess they were probably asking people like where y'all from you know how did you even find this place and you know people was telling us where they were coming where they was coming from and what i didn't um we talked about it before but one dude was like hey we got two people actually working they love the show so we want you to you know sign this paper for them and that's the dude that was telling us like hey y'all people came and they showed out and that's one thing that i love about our fans like y'all just give us so much energy and so much love y'all don't know how good it felt just me and roger looked at each other about it. hey dog we did a show that nigga yeah how um how did you enjoy it on the other end yeah how did like, you enjoy watching it the show hanging mm-hmm. out with the people yeah coming early to all that good stuff yep. 
I love I love the show. I had to come in early to do Queen Karen's makeup, mm-hmm. and she was looking fly. I got yeah. so many copies. <laughs> y'all know I don't know nothing about makeup. I call Sephora uh, uh, Sophia, so y'all know I know nothing about makeup. <laughs> but it was wonderful to be uh, there to experience your first um, opening like that. Mm-hmm. Um, your fans are awesome. They just came from everywhere. That was really, really wonderful. So y'all, y'all got it going on. Yes. And now y'all what on the, what's that vibe? You was on Vice TV. Vice? Yeah. Vice. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. For uh, HBO. Um, talking about Game of Thrones. That was cool. Um, getting a lot of like people hitting us up and for opportunities and stuff yep. coming out of that. So that was cool too. Um, so yeah it's blowing up a little bit i yep. know we doing a little something something had cameras in our house and shit it was crazy <laughs> <laughs> i said y'all moving on up i know right lights cameras actions yeah but uh yeah it was fun and then even with that you know like a lot of times um when stuff goes on the internet you know it's bigger like youtube and stuff they have a lot of negative comments and stuff but yep. even even with that all our fans came through and was like being real positive on the comments mm-hmm. and you know, it was a couple of butthurt white people and shit that was like, uh, why do black people need their own version of Game of Thrones and shit? And, and then, why, <laughs> like, people just be like, shut up. Like, just have fun. Nobody's talking bad about you. So that was, that was, like I said, it was just cool experience. And, um, you know, I, I like doing stuff like that because, uh, it's a challenge to me, you know, cause it's yes. something that I, I wouldn't, I don't, it's not something I really would want to do necessarily. Yep. Cause you know, it's people in your house, it's cameras, it's, <laughs> it's going out to the world. You got all these people that yeah. don't really care about you, but feel like they need to comment on every little thing they see and mm. that type of stuff. But you know, uh, the last few years, I just been like, gotta get out of my comfort zone and, and do what's best for the show do what's best for uh the business and mm-hmm. i and then also like sometimes you end up enjoying stuff and being like oh okay like this is cool so uh who knows what'll come of it but right if if that's all that comes of it that's great and then right. if more that's cool too so all right. yeah one of my mantras is uh get comfortable being uncomfortable mm-hmm. because there is where your growth is right that's so, true yes that's why like i said that's something i've really embraced the last few years and i mean it's been working for me you know mm-hmm. so uh, and then that's also i was watching uh boss it's this uh it's this uh documentary on pbs it's about black bu- black business okay and like it goes all the way back from like like right after slavery when black black people started empowering themselves to now and um and it's really good i'm about halfway through um but they had the woman who owned i think kathy hughes she owns news one yeah um and radio one and all that stuff and she talked about how like she had to sleep in her radio station at one point in in, like a camp uh but that made her innovate and be like radio should be 24 7 yeah like there's no reason for radio to only be um you know from this amount of time of the day and then the rest of it we don't do anything um but she also talked about that like you can be successful and not lose yourself right. and i think those two things are the two things i think about the time is you know you got to be a little bit uncomfortable because that's how you grow yes and then <clears throat> you gotta get you gotta you don't have to lose yourself to to to, to continue to try to like build yeah. so i yeah. think about that and also one thing i kind of uh i think a 
good thing about us is like we complement each other because like i said it's areas where i'm not gonna say roger shuts down but my personality is more of an extrovert so i'm more hey how you doing and i'm 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 more apt to, to say let's do it you know type of thing almost like let's just jump in and kind of see what happens um and there has to be a balance there because sometimes roger can see things that i can't see and i can see things that roger can't see so sometimes you give like hey not that end of the pool let's push it on down about three feet we can do three feet (laughs) (laughs) don't go five yet let's do three because if we can do three and swap and and, and float like this if we can you know float put a little floaters on and you know if we can bobble around we good and then we'll slowly go to five and just kind of do that versus i'm like let's go in on the deep end can you swim no fuck it you can't do that (laughs) yeah and and that's what messes everybody up (laughs) i think also like i try to look at what the most realistic uh outcome is and what's gonna and how even if that can benefit us because i think a lot of times it's just easy for people to believe in like pie in the sky like dreams right you know it's like uh and there's nothing wrong with dreams but like people get tricked and so impossible things all the time and then they get resentful and they get bitter right you know and i don't want to ever have to live with that resent bitterness so i just believe in very pragmatic things i'm like you know like with vice i'm the first time they were filmed with us we were um they did a piece on um what was that dude i can't remember Quan mills um oh okay hold on a second y'all we got uh some technical difficulties with the computer over here all right technical difficulties are over we back um we do have our first question um of the show uh when were you and your brother brave enough to cuss in front of your parents and they were okay with it it's a good question i don't remember <laughs> neither i guess i would say as an adult young when they were young men nothing crazy you know mm-hmm. basic stuff that's in the bible <laughs> <laughs> i think for me i think it was i think it was after i started paying my own rent i was like yeah i'm this is a different world now i can cuss like it's not like i mean it's funny when people talk about cussing from their parents though because yeah. uh i know people that are like grown and they still don't but it's not like i'm walking in and calling my mom curse words like it's, yeah. it's if it come out in a conversation i think that's different plus my parents have cursed when we was kids it's not like they were cursing like gratuitously but it was basically like these are grown-up words so you know they could say it and we couldn't but i don't know since i was a kid i've been listening to music that had cursing in it when you listen to hip-hop you almost can't avoid it even if you buy the like curse word free versions it's always some curse words that slip through on the walmart thing and then it's always like a whack tape when it's no cursing terrible yeah it's like a tnt editing you might as well you know what go ahead and just give it to me all the way Yeah, yeah but i don't know i think i don't know i just think uh probably the first time my my dad was like you want a beer and i was like oh well shit then nigga yeah (laughs) (laughs) asking me if i want something to drink i can drink now i know we was on this so uh that's about that's um that's what i remember so uh let's see we do have uh articles to talk about news still happen course you listen to the blackout tips find us on itunes stitcher podomatic leave us five star reviews the official weapon of the show is an unofficial sport bullet ball and bullet ball extreme and you can find our show on itunes stitcher podomatic leave us five star reviews 
um make sure they're nice we'll read them on the air we got a lot last week and we thank y'all for that um you can also go to our website theblackouttips.com and vote in the polls sign up to become premium leave comments uh a bunch of stuff you can do there you can email us the at gmail.com all the stuff is always in the show notes and then the phone number 704-557-0186 leave voicemails as long as they're two minutes or less and we thank everybody for doing that and we appreciate the questions from the chat from my mom as well oh miss smart leaves a question <clears throat> the official detroit person of the show <laughs> For mom, has parenting changed from when you raise your kids to how you see parents raise kids now? Mm, interesting. Um, I, I think so. Um, but it's really difficult to tell a person how to parent because it's such a gray area. It's things I feel that uh, some parents may change from the way they were parented and hopefully in a positive way what I try to do is if I'm asked is to um, phrase it in a way that is a positive helpful comment that's what I try to do yeah I think when we were kids everybody got whoopings like i don't think i knew anybody get didn't get whoopings when i was a kid like in my old neighborhood Mm-mm. um like it would have been some weirdo shit if, if we, <laughs> like if, if, if one of us would have been like uh nah man y'all get whoopings what like everybody was like man be careful you're gonna get a whooping you know i mean at that at that point not that in our neighborhood it wasn't like because our family wasn't like the most outgoing family to the neighborhood like it wasn't like other parents that felt comfortable like like whipping or threatening us or whatever but you know some people i mean they like anybody on this block like if if i fucking see this kid doing something bad i would whoop their ass you know and um like uh like and like my my friend damien at the time like his daddy was just like legit scary to me like he had a jerry curl corvette (laughs) yeah like porn in his house and shit like i was just like i like he had a sign that said don't be wearing a dog you need to be wearing this 44 and it was like a big ass gun (laughs) on the sign so like you know different parents was was different to to kids and then some like also in my neighborhood like some people parents was like if you get in a fight um you better not lose the fight and they used to say that all the time like i'll whoop your ass and you get home if you get your ass whooped and my dad was the exact opposite he was like don't be fighting and if i find out you fighting you better have a good reason you can defend yourself but you need to you had to come home and answer all these questions Mm -hmm. about what happened right and it was not a high likelihood of being able to answer them questions because 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 the odds are there's so few situations where you truly had to defend yourself it's almost always you just got fed up and wanted to fight somebody correct because the, at the end of the day your daddy was gonna be the one with a dead child or a child in jail yeah you know like people don't really think about people that push that that type of philosophy it's like okay you put them out there then they die you're gonna be the one crying and burying your child and we was kind of some soft boys compared to the, some other kids upbringings like they had really rough upbringings compared right. to us and you just don't know what they're gonna do because they right. don't value you and they don't value themselves the way that you value yourself so or the way that you just value life you know so like i remember one time my brother got in a fight and got his eyebrow uh eyelash cut uh by a kid who had a razor blade mm-hmm. 
like we me and my brother don't know nothing about that shit like we walk around with razor blades like that was a foreign concept to us like yo what was that you know um so it just uh i think for us anyway it was just a very like uh um different upbringing then now i look at people especially through online you know people are have more access to like educational resources therapy um books like just a lot more stuff now with youtube Mm -hmm. social media like there's so many more resources to learn about parenting um so i think people now are more like gung-ho to be like no you you talk to your kid a certain way you your punishments you need to limit them to like maybe like time out uh taking away privileges uh um you know grind grounding you know stuff like that which we did as we had as well but but yeah you see that more now you didn't see that when i was growing up that much that would have been a kind of weird concept and that's really how it should be if you ever uh, i watched a documentary a long time ago about children in america through like the the centuries Mm -hmm. and the way they used to punish kids i mean it was medieval like literally like they hit they had like iron tools they beat kids with and Mm -hmm steel brushes and they would warn like they would burn kids and shit and it's it's, like it's such a foreign concept now to think about that but that you know Mm -hmm. that was in america not that long ago so uh hopefully it does keep developing because uh now when you see like uh i think adrian peterson the nfl player got in trouble for hitting his kid this this new dude tyreek hill he's in trouble for hitting his kid um uh even like his kid had a broken arm but mm. even before that he's on um on the phone con- or he's recorded on a conversation saying he would hit his son in the chest and his son's only three years old oh my god right and he was saying it like it was normal like yeah, yeah like uh, everybody do this and i think it's changing <clears throat> to where people are like nah that you can't do that that's abuse and all that stuff and um i think it's i think it's for the better yeah and um i want to say Follow up. Rodney and Roderick never got that many whippings. Right. We were more of the belief where you talk about it, you think about what you did, and you have to come up with a way to resolve the issue or the challenge at hand that's going to be beneficial to yourself and to the other person. And if you follow those steps, and if that didn't work, then they could follow up coming to us to help go to another process to get the issue resolved. But they didn't get that many whippings. Yeah, I just remember <laughs> when I did. I remember the day I decided not to get no more. Mm-hmm. Like, so it wasn't like I just was like I was getting. I got a whipping by my dad. I can't remember what age it was, but it was. Just, I remember being mad at myself. Like I am too old for this. This is ridiculous. And that was the last time I got a woman because I was like, I'm just gonna not do the shit that I was doing. I can't even remember what it was. It was just some. I was like, this is so stupid. What a dumb reason to get a woman. But it was. But yeah, my like that's one of the things too that was different in our house. I think anyway, from a lot of the people I grew up with. Like I, I knew a kid. He got beat with like extension cords and fucking race car tracks and shit. And and he thought that was normal you know because i think whatever happens to you in your house you're gonna think is normal correct um which is why it's hard to break that cycle for a lot of people but um i was like nigga that's crazy like your mom be hitting you with extension cords he's like i mean if yeah if i'll do something and the other thing was my dad and my mom would always talk to us so right, like which is something a lot of parents don't do i never got punished without knowing what what i did wrong um 
you know whooping was never the first resort Mm-mm. like i never just like was you know living under terror or some shit where i just like walking in the house and it was getting whooped or some shit like but it was it, you know and, it, and yeah it was we definitely had multiple chances and, and expired a lot of them until it was uh no other choice or whatever but i do think that that's just changed on people you know you see a lot less of that now i think yeah i think the in my opinion the biggest reason why that has changed uh is because now people are actually into studies like i know studies get on people's nerves Mm. but i think the studies do matter like they've done studies that says that hey if you're living in a household and your parents are stressed and they're dealing with financial situations and all that stuff that's that stress and anxiety falls over to the children the children feel it too and i think you have a lot of parents who have not been taught how to deal with anger how to deal with the world like they just have not been taught um and i think that uh a lot more people in my opinion are starting to have more patience with children children are little people and a lot of times people treat children like they're dogs or they're cats or shit like that like you do what i say do they're a child they're a person they're a human being they're individual you cannot make a child just do what you want them to do also we're learning um what doesn't work correct like that's one of the reasons i really like those the documentaries on um that i've been watching on pbs is that you're seeing that this was how people cope back then and then especially in black people in america we came from slavery here which is an institution that is founded on fear right and then once you defeat slavery you still have to deal with um you know the jim crow south you still have to deal with redlining you still have to deal with these lynch mobs the police ku klux klan mass incarceration so we have always been taught fear and uh terror is how you keep people in line because it's what was it's what happened to us and you can't erase that like i think when people try to just be like so uh like they want to admonish black people so bad it's like like it came out of nowhere like black people just start hitting their kids and shit Mm -hmm. like one we're not the only ones but then two we you have to know that a lot of this is the psychological effects of post-slavery traumatic syndrome essentially and so and then the high wire act that is black life one fucking misstep and your kid is in prison and shit and i think it took a long time because you didn't have the data until now to see well you know what you can't beat your kid out of prison anyway nope like you like it feels like you could but the motherfucking cops don't care like like the police system don't care they don't like you go i hit you so the cops don't hit you the cops will hit your kid anyway so i think it's taking people now having more education like people uh becoming more doctors having more data to study years of research to be like oh this doesn't work let's see if we can try some other things and then also the psychological damage we do to each other because you know you want your kid to grow up and be healthy and be like empowered you know like one of the things i love about our niece is that she'll tell you no to some shit absolutely and i love it like i know a lot a lot of people hate you know that kids need to just do what i like i love when she's like nah i don't feel like taking this picture now nah, i feel like uh i don't want to do that i want to do something else i'm like all right cool let's do that like like she should have some autonomy and some power over herself and you just can't like a lot of times black people feel like they have it beaten out of them you know and also it's really a um a part of white supremacy Mm -hmm. right the way that um slavery was implemented how they used beating and torture 
to repress and suppress um, the people who watched what they were doing to the one being beaten. Right. And it's that's just it's a carryover from that. Right. And just thank God that now we do have more options about how to parent and uh, the knowledge, the books. You have to seek, ask questions, mm. uh, see how how different ways of uh, punishing your child. Because in punishing, you also want to be able to give them strength and to make better choices. Right. And to ask why did they do that? Because there's always a reason as to why. Right. And hopefully, one thing about being a parent is you want your kids to be able to talk to you. At least let them know they can talk to you. Right. And if they choose not to, it's their choice. But be open to it. Right. Yeah. And nobody want to talk to you if they just scare you all the time. Right. That's not good. Fear's not good. Correct. And also, you're, you're, you're also dealing with generations of people where, like you say, you have these ramifications of slavery and then you have uh people changing and for a lot of black people for years and i've heard it and still here to today that's some white people shit like mm-hmm. therapy uh time out like they'd be the first one to tell you like oh we don't do that to our kids that's some white people shit you know what's interesting though is a lot of like most of the states still have hitting your kid on the law on the books like that mm-hmm. is legal right like like so this has been a societal change but not like legally like it's been more of a like it's almost like a luxury to be able to get to a point well, you can meet your, uh, if y'all know the theory of, uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yeah. Well, you can meet those needs at the bottom of the pyramid so you can get to all this intellectual shit at the top where you're like, and maybe it's time to talk to kids. Like when you work in two jobs and you don't got all that time, like a whooping is a shortcut. Like it's like, yeah. listen, I re- like, and I know on paper how people think things should happen and all this stuff, but I, 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 like I always try to be a little bit, um, understanding of parents especially being that we weren't one right is the fact that you know uh a lot of shit is easier said on on twitter or facebook than it is in real practical in life. life right and yeah. sometimes also parents are learning and they fall short and you know parents make mistakes too like uh, especially when you get older and you get to the age where your parents were and stuff you start thinking like damn i don't like i don't got it all figured out i don't know how i'm supposed to tell somebody else how to figure it out either so i right, got one more question as a grandmother how do you stay positive about the future i worry about my granddaughter all the time i think more than i did about my kids uh this is from the male lady uh how do you feel about that one mom uh, it's scary because now we have social media um along with um drugs all over the place mm. um our kids go to school they're going to school with all types of children from all different types of parenting um, rules from different uh, households and it just gets a little tricky and it is scary but I go back to this we have to keep the lines of communication open to talk about anything without making our kids afraid or shaming them or anything like that Uh, some of the conversation is uncomfortable but as I said, you have to become comfortable being uncomfortable. And then you have to seek out answers to help your children as well as yourself. And just just try to stay involved. Uh, <clears throat> I volunteer a lot with uh, my granddaughter's school. So therefore, they see my face. 
when I enter the office. Let me show you this. Oops, sorry. We all live inside a bubble, right? Good grief. I did not mean for that to happen. Sorry. So volunteering to me as a grandmother and as a parent, as much as possible, go there. Let them see your face. Let them know, hey, that's so-and-so's grandchild. That's so-and-so's child. Hey, I can reach out to them. They will be receptive to what I see and I want to make them aware of. Because it, it takes a village. It takes a village. And especially the older they get, it takes a village. So we all got to help one another. Mm-hmm. And I think if we can continue doing that, because that never goes out of style, we have to continue being involved, being involved in school, with our children, like that. That's what I think. Cool. All right. Yeah. And also, I think for me, something to piggyback on what you say, to educate, you know, yourself as far as being open and being willing to uh, talk to your child about anything as somebody's and I love my mama, but as somebody who is a child of somebody who really didn't feel that way. It can be devastating. It can break bonds and relationships between you and your child that sometimes I never repaired. Parents don't realize that, um, you know, because everything includes sex. Like a lot of parents will be like, oh, you can talk to me about anything, but you really don't mean that. And the children are not stupid. They can pick up on how you talk about sex, how you talk about your partner, how you talk about other family members. You know, kids pick up on slang and code words. They might not understand what these things mean, but they know when you use certain words, they pick up on your tone and how you say it and the negative uh, connotation that you put behind and on, on the emphasis when you say these things. So I think parents underestimate, you know, and then you break these bonds with your children when they're small because they come to you not even about sex but about simple stuff and you dismiss them and you push them away. You don't have time. Once that trust is broken, you can never get that trust back. And the wrong time to come and talk to your child about something or want to open up the lines of communication is when they get in that teenager age. Is actually when they need you the most. That's when they actually need you the most to guide them. But if you break that bond at a very early age, it's really hard. They're, not, they're definitely not going to talk to you when they get to the age of of trying to find themselves and trying to figure stuff out. They're going to seek help because that's what children do. And you're not going to like the consequences of the repercussions of the help that they seek because a lot of times it's not coming from you, which should be the best source. But also I think for a lot of parents, they don't educate themselves on sex and sexuality and how to talk to children. They don't give them books at an early age, but like, Hey, just read this. You have any questions? Come and talk to me. Like you say, they're not, they are uncomfortable with sexuality and sex themselves. A, lo- a lot of people like, like they're going through their own struggles with that. So if I'm not comfortable in my sexuality and who I am as individual person, it's very hard for me to help you grow into whatever your sexuality is for you when I'm not even comfortable with my own, whatever that may be. Yeah, it's kind of like Aisha Curry said when they asked her about um, her her relationship with Steph. And she was like, I make sure that we are taken care of first and then we take care of the kids. And it seems counterintuitive because everybody's always like, your kids should be number one. But she's like, how am I going to be anything for my kid if i'm messed up like i gotta like i gotta meet those needs because like you said if you have hang-ups you're gonna pass them on to your kids and you you know you see it all the time where you're like oh uh their mom has an issue with this so this 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 kid has an issue with this their dad has an issue with this this kid has an issue with this like you see it all the time Mm -hmm. and it's it's you know it's just hard to break those cycles yeah that the generational thing is real like i think i don't think a lot of a lot of people underestimate generational stuff 
like that's that stuff is kind of passed down from generation to generation and a lot of times it takes somebody breaking those those generational curses quote unquote per se just mm-hmm. you be like look the buck stops here i understand that y'all did it like this but i am choosing to go in a different direction and go in that different direction and be comfortable with going in that different direction and i think a lot of times when you break away from the pack on how things or traditions are with family, a lot of people it's going to take a long time for them to accept you. And for some people, they're not going to accept you. And some of your family members may cut you off and won't have anything to do with you. But that is the choice sometimes that you have to make for the betterment of you and your family. Like you, I love y'all, but these things aren't productive. These things don't, benefit me they don't edify me they don't make me a better individual person whatever these things are and i think sometimes people don't want to be separated from the pack they don't want to be isolated they don't want to you know have to deal with being ostracized sometimes from your family members it ain't got to be big things it could be small things within the family and people look at you like something's wrong with you because you're not doing this tradition that we have always done whatever that tradition may be and especially i think it's hard for black parents because uh you always balance that line between like i want my kid to be a kid but then at the same time when do i make them aware of how dangerous this world is to them that's very true because society doesn't see you all as we see you all as our right. children and they make sure they let you know right they don't see you as we see them i remember when i was at rodney's rodney's basketball game when he was in uh he was still we were still in uh rec basketball mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> the assistant coach pulled one of the kids to the side this kid named lester this big kid oh, yeah. and he was like lester i want you to get up there and put your big black hands up <laughs> and he's scared of them. they're scared of you lester they're scared they're, they're not they're not gonna be able to score. those little white boys they're not gonna be able to score when you see those big black hands and i was over there like to the corner because he had pulled him to the corner i just happened to be sitting on that part of the bench because i was sitting away from everybody and i was like what the hell is this man talking about but like that means that's how that coach saw lester yes. that's how he assumed every other white kid saw lester yes lester out and the thing it made me think was this is the first time this might be the first time lester is hearing he's scary by nature of just being a big black kid you know like what a what a fucking wake-up call you know like yeah. <laughs> you're dangerous right. now get out there and scare them white people like what <laughs> right. all right um speaking of advice i'll tell you guys who has some good advice steve harvey oh. he is giving advice again this time about getting rich uh last time i think he was talking about nick he said the best thing you do for poor people is not be one of them so now he's back um let me turn this volume up okay all right bubble right this is our world. We go to church here. We work over here. We go get our coffee over here. We go to this park over here. We usually go over here to, you know, hang out with friends. This is our favorite club. This is our world. This is our favorite spot on the beach. We all live in this bubble. What you got to do to get the life that God wants you to have, you got to put more air in your bubble. Mm-hmm. You got to blow your bubble up okay so like you gotta okay i feel you steve he's basically saying we gotta get out of our comfort zone that's what we started the show off saying you know yeah. um so uh i mean that's a reasonable thing and a person that's successful steve harvey's probably had to get out of his comfort zone uh in order to to do what he does so i mean i can kind of kind of relate to that so far so good i mean 30 seconds into it uh karen 
I'm fine with that. Okay. Mom? I'm still thinking. Okay. Gotta get some air in your bubble mm-hmm. over there. Yeah. And, uh. Because Steve Harvey. Steve he is, is so problematic. Waiting for the twist to come. Yes. All right. <laughs> yep. I know he told Monique to just, you know, you gotta, you gotta swallow your pride to tap dance some days. Yep. No integrity. Yeah. Oh, wait. Why did it stop playing? Oh, I shouldn't have paused it. That's on me. <laughs> computer was like well i guess you don't want to hear the rest of this um i said your little mouse was look froze there you it go. was it's moving now but now the video is not loading expand there yourself you take yourself out your comfort zone do not live in your bubble put some more air in your bubble if you stay in your comfort zone that's where you will fail you will fail in your comfort zone success is not a comfortable procedure it is a very uncomfortable thing to attempt. So you got to get comfortable being uncomfortable if you ever want to be successful. Start putting some pressure on. Put some- Start adding buttons to your suits. <laughs> okay? That would Two definitely- buttons on a suit jacket? No. That- Seven. Eighteen. That will add pressure. Yes. To your diaphragm. You got yes. to be uncomfortable with the number of buttons on these suits. You need a maxi coat, a maxi jacket, <laughs> so you can fall over yourself. Buttons down to the floor. And that bull will catch you. Go down to K and G and get the biggest collars you can find. They will hook you up. Tell them Steve sent you. With a bubble. <laughs> Put some more buttons in your bubbles. I can't. I can't listen. <laughs> He's trying to help. In your He's a successful man. He has a clothing line, a TV show. Let me show you this. We all live inside a bubble, right? This is our world. We go to church here. We work over here. We go get our coffee over here. We go to this park over here. We usually go over here to, you know, hang out with friends. This is our favorite club. This is our world. This is our favorite spot on the beach. We all live in this bubble. What you got to do to get the life that God wants you to have, you got to put more air in your bubble. You got to blow your bubble up. Expand yourself. Take yourself out your comfort zone. Do not live in your bubble. Put some more air in your bubble. If you stay in your comfort zone, that's where you will fail. Did he already say this? You will fail mm-hmm. in your Oh, wait. Oh, video probably. oh, the video started over. Did it start over? Yeah, the oh, video geez. did. I was like, man, I, I swear this nigga said this part already. Yeah, we don't want to hear that again. Yeah, let me fast forward to to some other stuff. Let me see. Okay, Twitter just don't want to cooperate right now. I see, think every time I touch this video, it's going to start over. Oh, great. I'll, you know what? I'll just read his quotes then okay. since it's uh, not working. Um, so he also went on to talk. Success oh. is not a comfortable procedure. What he the hell? He won't shut up. Steve. <laughs> What what is going on with your Twitter video and then what, what is happening with this? I say it ain't no YouTube. Uh I know YouTube is better um than Twitter it seems. Um you also can watch it at steveharvey.com which I'm not going to go. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, he went on to also talk about uh rich people and sleeping. He said putting some oh. pressure on. Put some pressure on yourself. Okay. Right. Get out here and get about it. Look, I'd love to sugarcoat this thing for you. I'd love to tell you, look, you can go out here and get rich, do a couple of things. That ain't, that ain't happening. You got to get real doggish. 
You got to get downright funky if you want to make it. Now, like I was telling you before, if you want to be ordinary, you ain't even got to listen to me. Just okay. go on about your business. If you think ordinary is cool, ain't no problem. It's some really, really wonderful ordinary people. But if you are sitting in this room and you have extraordinary aspirations, then you're going to have to do extra. You put extra on top of extra, uh, on ordinary and you come up with extraordinary. That's true. There's no other way. I'm sorry. But here's the fact. All of you have extraordinary capabilities. All of you. You have to decide if you are willing to do the things to put you in that category. Rich people don't sleep eight hours a day. That's part of your life. It ain't but 24 hours in a day. You cannot be sleep eight hours a day. You can't live in L.A. and wake up at 8 o'clock in the morning. It's 11 o'clock on the East Coast. The stock market been open two hours. They already making decisions about your life, and your ass will sleep. <clears throat> the Bible says, he who loves to sleep and the folding of hands, poverty will set upon you like a thief in the night. He who loves to sleep and the folding hands, poverty will set upon you like a thief in the night. I'm going to ask you one question. I'm going to go. How many of you in here know somebody who loves to sleep? Who knows I somebody do, that know loves somebody. to sleep? Let me ask you something. Ain't they Poe? <laughs> and she is broke as hell. <clears throat> well, you married to us? You broke too? What are they talking about? Uh, I love that the logo for his uh, show is that is his mustache. I did not know that until I watched that clip. Good for him. Um, so yeah, man, y'all in here sleeping eight hours a day and shit. You yeah. broke ass. Right? Yeah, you sleeping oh. eight hours a day because your body physically needs it like you mm -mm. know you start, not when you rich you start chopping down the made hours your body will start shutting down see that's why y'all ain't got no mustaches oh, i know so i don't want no mustache either i want to know what is this thing so you see moving from relationship guru to inspirational speaker now I, is maybe. this what he's doing maybe i don't know i think i think one of the things that's interesting is that working poor people normally have more than one job and come on not there ain't eight hours of sleep like it's not everybody's poor because they just get too much sleep and they lazy um and it's a common it's a common um misrepresentation of poverty in this country because capitalism has to make it seem like rich people deserve to be rich broke people deserve to be broke right because if somebody deserves to have a lot of money right they earned it then that must mean by because money is a justifier by correlation if you do not have a lot of money you earn being broke right <laughs> like you yeah. you don't have the right uh wherewithal but you know as like when you working two and three jobs and shit like and you not getting eight hours of sleep they right. getting less sleep than the probably the rich people are yeah you don't just get rich because of that you know um which is which is a sad part to see that somebody like him is propagating that stuff but he's always giving bad advice whether it's relationship advice or this type of advice it was it's funny because um when i had shared this on twitter this video and was like yo steve kind of tripping there were people like nah what well, he's saying that's right you know a lot of people too you know and and i think you know and i because i was like you know what's funny is uh steve harvey is who people think jay-z is like when people don't like jay-z mm. and i was like jay-z is about capitalism and he about this and that 
and i'm like no nah, jay-z like may, he's rich but he trying to help people he always trying he's working on like all this activist stuff right yeah, yeah. the documentary for khalid browder documentary for trayvon martin bailing out the block uh program uh prison uh reform uh prison sentencing reform yeah. uh wouldn't do the super bowl because uh right. Kyler kaepernick like yeah. like jay-z doesn't fit the stereotype that they want him to be Correct. steve harvey is more than happy to put both feet into the like you niggas are poor because y'all don't work hard and y'all are bad people and uh you deserve to be poor and the best thing i can do for you is to be rich and a role model to y'all so y'all can see that so that was kind of the thing i thought was um interesting about it and it's also insulting because the reason why I say it's insulting, so I know Steve Harvey, he has like this camp he does for like young men and mm-hmm. he has scholarship forms and all this stuff. So these people that you're helping, are you really helping them out of the kindness of your heart? Are you helping them because you go, oh, here's the money you poor black people? Like, like, right. like, 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 not trying to be funny. It's, it's like, it's like, I understand you doing these things for your community but what are your intentions well his messaging behind the giving is different than jay-z you Correct. know you know um it's very much like you're poor because you're a worse person than me you know which is a totally different different thing and now they did have different come-ups i mean jay-z sold drugs and uh and, and made money that way so maybe it's because he's seen some other sides of life life than steve harvey did you know maybe he 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 doesn't belittle or begrudge people that had to do stuff to make it out because he's like i had to do shit to make it out of the projects um the other thing too is um steve harvey was homeless and living out of his car at one point and i'm telling you man i it's not a coincidence and you can almost trace it back to all these like you know like Tariq Nasheed, like all the like mm-hmm. hustlers that kind of like pimp black wealth shit um and advice to people almost all of them got to a point shabby that dude from mm-hmm. years ago they all got to a point where they were like i'm i'm at the bottom so the only way to get people to invest in me is to look like i'm at the top to tell people i'm you know i'm successful you got to do anything you got to be willing to hustle because they've been at the bottom so hard that they really had to start believing in some other shit to, to make it out. Yeah, I just don't care for him. He, the thing with Monique was the most recent thing. He's basically disrespecting her during the conversation by not allowing her to tell her truth. And he told his most truth in front of everybody. Right. Where he said integrity doesn't matter. Yeah. Because he has to feed his grown ass children <laughs> <Right>. are you kidding me <laughs> right he, he, he has nothing for me the best thing he has for me to make me laugh is family feud i love that the rest of it he can just go on with that mess well you weren't the only one who felt that way um someone on twitter put up um what happens to steve harvey when he doesn't get eight hours of sleep and it was when he had messed up the miss america pageant but also um people agree with you because his tv show uh got canceled today he did, ta- they, did they tell him uh he take the final season of mm-hmm. finale of steve anonymous sources say that the nbc universal will stop distributing the show yeah, because I think there was already some controversy anyway about his time and his time slot, and they was already talking about 
who was it one of them the next some country music singer was getting ready to do a show and stuff like that so they it was the show was kind of already on the fence anyway well hopefully you can get some shut out now um you have a little more time to take a nap you know um yeah, start another bubble yeah it would be funny if he was like you can't wake up at eight o'clock on the west coast that's why i get up at seven forty-five. That you is. got to get up at seven forty-five to get to that market on walk <laughs> the stock market that is it's, it's kelly clarkson that was her name yeah, yeah. yeah they're gonna give it to kelly clarkson uh tv show uh new talk show and steve's rating consistently fell to the point that the show is no longer pulling in two million viewers an episode which um gotta be hard you know but and it was also just that you know i don't think people like the um i don't think people like this steve harvey i think people like family feud steve harvey mm-hmm. yeah. uh they i mean they probably like um new year's eve steve harvey mm-hmm. you know yeah. but like once he starts like prophesizing or whatever to tell us like how we ain't shit and he's right. the man because he rich i think he loses a lot to artists because it's not likable anymore it's the same thing with megan kelly where mm. you know she's just not a likable morning host type of person because you can't be fussing at your guest and it's a muscle telling your audience that they stupid if they don't want to be rich and shit like so um let's see what else happened uh party city is closing 45 stores after struggling to find enough helium to fill balloons that's a lot of stores wow. yeah just because of helium yep <laughs> yeah go ahead, go ahead. come on now a lot of they, a lot of that stuff mostly people just coming in because y'all i want i want 50 balloons because y'all think party well, C- where would you go to get it if not party city it's probably one of the cheaper places to buy balloons too no i'm saying where would you the go store? to get helium yeah the dinosaur in party city like it's only two places i could think yeah. of you know maybe that maybe some grocery stores might have them but but they're not gonna have 500 balloons but there's a helium shortage though globally and so it's, oh. it's shutting it's making people have to shut down you know the uh uh i guess we can uh say that the party is over and party city was almost like mcdonald's they was literally everywhere like every town like they popped them places up like pop-up shops mm. i guess you could say that the bubble burst <laughs> on their business <laughs> um yeah apparently uh the balloon sales at new jersey based party supply company failed amid a global helium shortage uh the company did not say which of its 870 of its approximately 870 stores in the u.s and canada would be shuttered but the closures will take place throughout the year party city city usually closes only 10 to 15 stores a year however the helium negatively impacted our latex and metallic balloon categories the company ceo james m harrison said in a statement what if he using the helium? I hope not. He did the interview like that. Party City. Your voice is kind of happy. <laughs> well, I don't know what's happening. Maybe he's getting high on the helium. <laughs> right. I don't know what happened all the helium. Uh, Party City made the decision. What to, is this I'm huffing on? Uh, to close more stores than usual to help optimize our market level performance, focus on the most profitable locations, and improve the overall health of our store portfolio. Um, 
but this is just some really deflating news guys (laughs) (laughs) all right um well good luck for them to them man uh i don't know where i'm gonna go to get my costume wigs and uh uh all those outfits now right they do have some really unique stuff like you literally can go in there and like if you if it's anything associated with a party but think about part of the city it's one of the i got pe- this hat from part of the city yes you can oh, do you can do a lot of stuff in mass there yeah i know people say about grocery store but you probably have to pre-order with the grocery store you can't go in there but like i want 100 balloons your grocery store gonna be like bitch we ain't got 100 balloons mm-hmm. um where you gonna get your slutty nurse outfit from <laughs> come on mike your french maid outfit for halloween <laughs> well anyway uh sorry to hear about that uh what else is happening um donors to the 22 million dollar crowdfunded border wall are wondering where the money went in somebody's pocket to donald several contributors to a 22 million dollar fund begun by an air force veteran to build sections of president donald trump's border wall are hitting social media with concerns about a lack of progress yeah, yeah let's say Don, Don, if donald trump could have done it he would have but he didn't run it i figured out that i didn't know who did it but i was like yeah some person put it out there and he is scamming them people's like yeah. y'all do know that wall is never getting built right never 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 and even what y'all raise ain't enough for that wall i can't believe they are dumb enough to go on twitter and publicly and publicly admit that they got conned out of this money because mm-hmm. i think this is such an open scam when it started mm-hmm. i was right. like i was like this is y'all are going to get scammed and they got 22 million dollars yeah and i thought well then if i would have donated this i would have went away and just not said anything when it didn't happen but people was on twitter being like hey where's the wall i gave my money uh can't they get their money back I don't know. Don't they shut that shit down? They be like, hey, you conning people? Mm. I don't know how it works. I've been away for five months. When's the groundbreaking? You'll get more money from me when you when I see the steel and concrete going up. I started asking questions, and because of that, you blocked me from your Facebook page. So I'm going to ask again. The deadline to, br- to break to break grounds has passed. It's, it's still nothing. Those are just three people that that didn't get the wall of the money back yet um the gofundme effort was launched in december by brian colfage who <clears throat> complained that too many illegals are entering the u.s he sought up to one billion dollars to create a non-profit organization to build a section of the wall on private land when he failed to raise the amount he said he was stopping the gofundme campaign and vowed to refund the money and build the wall himself but the site remains active he continues to update the page with news about immigration and has boasted that he has drawn a number of brilliant americans to the project including former white house chief strategist steve bannon Mm-mm, that money gone <laughs> y'all ain't never seen a dime of that money y'all gonna have to sue yes yeah y'all got fan con man so, <laughs> they, i can't they feel gave him access to that money that was a wrap i can't even feel bad for him though because mm. y'all did y'all gave him that money because y'all racist and a racist and right. their money being parted ain't ain't never gonna bother me Mm-mm. like i hope he i hope he that's the best possible result he got y'all money and there ain't no wall yep idiots good grief brilliant <laughs> americans he sound like trump i have many brilliant americans Ugh. i have many smart ideas very very bright smart right ideas. right we're gonna get those mexicans <laughs> just keep giving the money dummies what idiots um well, anyway, I'm glad they uh 
glad they uh lost their money just mm-hmm. fucked them zero uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh-huh. all right let's see um did you guys know a new study shows married women do more housework than single moms no that's interesting i believe it too i do too yeah this, because single, now you got to clean up after a man too right that niggas ain't doing shit around the house right single moms are like uh y'all 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 the niggas better clean up too right. they're like i i'm one person well yeah you one you can teach your kids to do some housework right mm-hmm. um but and men are grown and if they ain't doing housework by the time they grown and in your house they probably ain't gonna learn um married mothers increase housework in part to meet expectations about home cooked meals clean clothes and well-kept houses behavior integral to uh the contemporary definitions of appropriate behavior for wives and mothers authors jonah pepin liana sayer and lynn m castro uh caspero in the study even though people preach equality uh professionally that sense of equal, equal stake in the household hasn't translated into our personal lives uh yeah that that's that's one of the things like what it hasn't translated into real life either though. i don't mm-hmm. know what yeah. it's not like in corporate uh america uh <laughs> it's like oh yeah women make as much as men like it's still behind that way too but um yeah when it comes home it just it remains that imbalance of you know men think a bunch of stuff is women's work in the house and y'all both work 40 hours a week so come on the work yeah. ain't got no gender when you got when you get home just because if y'all both got jobs what the fuck why would you know what i mean i'm here more than karen's here so because i'm home working from home normally i'm the one doing the dishes the clothes that type of stuff not that karen doesn't do anything but it wouldn't be fair to her that she's working you know 40 hours a week outside the house and then coming home and be and i'm like well you gonna vacuum or what you know right and then uh all jokes aside women are human beings your patience on the go and go but so long after a while you're gonna snap like like it's yeah. it's it's human nature one day you're gonna be like motherfucker not today i'm not doing a motherfucking thing and then you know it's one of those things too to where um a lot of men don't want to hear women when they be like nigga help mm-hmm. what is wrong with your feet what is wrong with your hands you can wash you can wash your drawers too what is wrong with you? You can bang. We didn't have these kids. I didn't. I didn't birth these children by myself. Right. And instead of being realistic and understanding, it's oh you nagging. You trying to tell me what to do, nigga. Your paycheck ain't enough. Great. We need your paycheck, but we need you too. Yeah. And as long as people define womanhood as these household chores, it's going to remain a gendered situation in your house. As yeah. long as it's like the only people that do dishes around here is you. The only person that cooks around here is you if you don't do it i'm not gonna do it it's just not gonna get done right you know and then if you have a situation where the woman kind of goes on a protest and be like you know what ain't nobody doing you don't want to do it i don't either right or you know what i'm gonna take the money or or, or the allowance that i was gonna give the kids you know what i'm gonna do hire a motherfucking maid Mm -hmm. because you gonna pay her yeah you know because you're, you're literally asking me to do two jobs with no pay no overtime no time and a half no 401k we we we're not doing no investment or none of that you'd be like oh go to work 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 your eight hours or sometimes longer come home and do another fucking full-time job that's very unrealistic yeah uh marriage remains a gender institution that ratcheted up the demand for housework and child care through essentialist beliefs that women are naturally focused on home and hearth the author writes leaving women drowning in housework over rest for or sleep well that's the good news is all these women will get rich because they're not getting eight hours of sleep so that's that's the positive coming out of this yeah 
the research is really showing that men are not necessarily contributing in ways that are bringing about equality in the home yeah and also that's the thing like in in america the odds of a man being the sole income earner in the house is so low now right so everybody that that dream like ceos make way more money than they did but wages stagnated for most people Mm -hmm. in most industries a long time ago and so you're not the income earner you're not bringing home the bacon so to speak so why the fuck would i be making doing working it just as hard as you outside the house and then coming home and doing all the work inside the house that's just ridiculous yeah and and for for a woman but we talk about like traditional households it's mentally exhausting it's physically exhausting a woman's impatient with her children she's impatient with you and i'm gonna tell you right now a tired woman the last thing she wanna do is fuck let's just keep that real like a lot of men don't understand that like i've gotten up just like you i've worked all day i've done all these things my you know your day stopped when you got home i got an additional five hours so by the time you calculate that i've worked 18 to 20 something hours a day no i don't want to have sex with you i'm angry and i want to go to fucking sleep it's it's important to point out that sharing chores actually increases the sex lives and health of couples a couple's relationship a 2002 study found that a division of household labor perceived to be fair ensures that partners feel respected while carrying out the task of daily life so that's exactly what you were saying yeah we're so conditioned from society from religious institutions as to what the definition of a relationship should be i've feel and believe as adults you have to redefine your relationships in your home and for yourself to where it is positive for all people involved right the other thing too is like people don't even be thankful for that shit no. like like it's just like a thing you're supposed to do you know yeah. like i know it's a habit i picked up from my dad and uh like you know to be like oh, thank you mom for this meal thank thank uh you know mm-hmm. thanks so thanks so for doing dishes thank take out the trash do this and all that stuff but um you know it's, it's a habit that's that's good that's just carry with me and i think also it increases your genuine thankfulness of life and appreciation of other people because you it's easy to take people for granted especially when you 365 days out the year yeah. you expect the thing to be done so the day it's not done you just become like well what happened with dinner tonight as opposed to like this motherfucker cooked for you 360 days a year like they didn't have dinner tonight why can't you make dinner you know what i mean stuff like that because i'm you know or you know i know and then there's division of labor obviously like and a lot of houses do this uh depending on your living situation where uh i'm doing the gardening i'm doing the cutting the grass and all that stuff but you know it's that i know it maybe it's because we from the south but that old school sensibility of like well Mm -hmm. don't bring your dad something to drink you know he out there in the hot ass sun cutting the grass you know uh for everybody or whatever you know uh gardening or tilling up some shit you know my dad's always outside working Mm -hmm. like there's that balance of you know like the labor is divided in a way that complements each other you know and i think that matters um a lot and also to Mm -hmm. And particularly in America, people underestimate the pressure that is put on young people, particularly young women, to get married. And the pressure, and not only do they put pressure on them, they put pressure on young women to get married because they know you're dumb and you're naive and you don't know no better. And, and on top of that, a lot of times, a lot of young women, including myself, you buy into the things of what a woman should be. And however you've been raised up, that's your definition of womanhood. And a lot of times... 
um, it takes life and living and experience to realize that that shit ain't real. It's, it's not, it's, it's, it's fake. And unless you have family members around you and women that have been married or women that have gone through v- different variations like divorce and all that stuff, talking to you mm-hmm. and telling you it's your choice, it's your decision, don't feel pressured, you know, to attach yourself to somebody. It's okay to be single. It's okay to not be married. It's, oh, you like, like these, you, it's other options other than the, your little girl you you know you get married you you know you buy a house you have children or however this may be like you have to follow this balance in life and i think for a lot of women because of these unrealistic expectations that the world has put on them that they have to have these timelines and it's really funny when you talk to younger people i want to be married by the time i'm 30 i want to have to you be like bit you don't know what the hell is going to happen in life. You have no earthly idea. And then they're sad and depressed when they don't hit these goals. Just let life happen. Uh, men, I told life can just happen to them. They can just live, go through life and life will just one day you'll become an adult and you'll want to get married and have children. Like, you know, that's kind of how men, but women are taught from a really early age. These are the things that you're supposed to do. And, 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 and you, and you have a uterus and you're supposed to bear children and whatever this may be, but it's, it's not true. It's, it's just not true. And so many young women are lied to and they're pressured to have children and they're pressured to get married and sometimes they're pressured to do these things that some of them really might not want to do like truth be told you really might not want to have children at 21 or 25 or 30 you might want to wait till you become 40 you know you actually might be like look i actually want to go off and get an education and i know a lot of people don't talk about this but even women getting education is revolutionary you know even though more women do it now than ever before it's still revolutionary because women were not allowed to get educated you know you just weren't allowed to do these things these were only things that men were allowed to do and so if you put my education before family my education before children that's why a lot of women are like fuck it i have a child when i'm when later on in life because i want to get my doctorate and people are like that's selfish for you to put yourself before attaching and tying yourself to some man yeah yeah and it goes back to what i said to conditioning we're so conditioned and programmed to follow these roles from society mm-hmm. and then a lot of women <clears throat> years ago went to college purposefully in order to meet a husband in college. Yep. And once they met the husband in college, they dropped out. Drop out. It's all back to conditioning and what society tells you to do. And I say, we're all older now. Make your own rules respectfully. Do what you need to do in your household, in your relationships to make you happy. Yeah. Uh, I think Dr. Sue said, why fit in when you were born to stand out? If you can take that quote and use it in a lot earlier in your life, you'll be a much happier person. And it's also just this thing where I think um, as long as our society has it where men choose women to propose to, we're going to always have it where women are told from the time they're little girls to be like be the kind of woman that gets chose right like that like you know i know people and it's funny you know those are that's one feminist or not that's one tradition that a lot of women will still go up for is like Mm -hmm. this idea of man buying expensive ring and doing this big grand gesture of love and shit and then people openly mock like women who propose um which i don't even know what that's supposed to mean for same-sex relationships but whatever um 
but some of those gender norms that we have we should break them as a society because it's limiting people from the time they're born like it's not just Mm -hmm. about the idea of i want a man that wants to be with me blah blah it should also be about the idea of i want a world where a little girl is not always worried about finding the man that wants to be with her you know um and then the other part of it is um a lot of these women are not uh uh, getting eight hours of sleep so that's oh, Lord. so a lot of them are gonna oh, end Lord. up being rich you know what a, 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 a lot, lot of them, them not. are gonna be rich because of that um uh, which is the key so yeah and, and also for me you know for us we're to an extent somewhat non-traditional we're very non-traditional because i i pursued you and it was hilarious i remember i was like 16 and my mama somebody gave me some tickets to like this and this wasn't this was this was not i don't think it was tyler perry but it was like a tyler perry-esque play and so it was beauty shop too okay beauty shop too and so uh i had some tickets and my mama was like well who do you want to go with and i thought about it i was like well i'll go with roderick so me and my mama took me down there and uh i asked roger to go and roger looked at me he was like no i was like okay <laughs> so i left and went home and was like well i guess he don't like me <laughs> yeah i didn't realize what that was at the time My, uh, i was like well i guess i'll move on <laughs> yeah after i said after i said it like all the dudes at the basketball court are like you have your fucking mind i was like what 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 are y'all talking about we playing basketball it's like you play basketball with us sweaty ass niggas every day yeah like no girls ever come around here if a girl did obviously we wouldn't be playing basketball uh and i was like oh yeah i guess maybe that was like something and so then i uh ran back into the house and was like is it too late to change my mind and uh luckily it worked out yeah. and that was our first date but <laughs> yeah it could have been uh could have been way worse could have been curtains curtains yeah but we've been doing a lot of non-traditional stuff like that you know we haven't had kids we don't have a house um we do this business uh <laughs> for like yeah 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 and and, and the why thing- i try to be like everybody else because i'm sure you know people would have told us that you know we should have um you know people would have told us like nah just do this thing fit in this bubble follow this path but um you know that wasn't for us nope and they had our full support in living their best lives yeah and i remember that day i was playing basketball and i was out there scoring buckets on them dudes (laughs) and looking all great (laughs) all the fellas was like what's going on rod and karen came down there and i said hold up players hold up let me go check on see what this chick has to say to me and she was like uh i would love for you to go and come to a play with me and i was like a play who the hell want to see a play and we just can't we just talk on the bus like we always do and she was like well i mean if you're not doing nothing i was like can't you see i'm playing basketball baby <laughs> now go on get out of here and then uh i sit on her way you know because you always gotta tell them no fellas at first you know <laughs> don't just give it away buy yourself that's wrong with a lot of these men y'all out here giving the dick, penis dick away ain't free, free. <laughs> y'all was out here just giving it away. like it's a, having a half off sale Mm-mm. i value myself and look at me now winning um i know like it's one of those things where they don't and you know i never realized how i might sound weird but i've never realized how non-traditional 
me and Roderick is, even when it comes to the uh, um, the autonomy of my body. And when I went natural and cutting my hair and, and people, even, even, uh, years ago, people used to be like, uh, do you have kids? And I was particularly after I first got married, but I know they were like, your husband don't want to have no kids. I was like, no, Mm-mm. you know, like, like they would presume certain things and they would be like, uh, you cut your hair. And I'll be like, yes, I cut, but, but see, cutting my hair was not new to me. My mother-in-law been doing my hair for years, y'all. I had went from, Tony Braxton to the sewing weaves to the gluing were like like I I am a am a savant when it comes to yeah. the to the hair and the colors, honey. I, I That day that she came down to the court, y'all. I saw her. Her Jerry Carroll was just glistening in the evening moon. Just dripping everywhere. And uh I said, listen, maybe you need to spray some extra excavator on that if you want to go out with me. And uh it worked out guys it worked out be non-traditional y'all i clear all right we gotta get into <laughs> our game we've been going kind of long here it's time to start wrapping up first game we have of course is fucking with black people we're just fucking with those black people we're just fucking with those blacks we're just fucking with fucking with black people that's right guys time to play the game we all hate to play it's fucking with black people the game we go all around the globe find different articles make us feel fucked with the wheel sign point scores from zero to 100 in intervals of 25 today's contestants well everybody everybody all the time uh today we have a very special fucking with black people it is a movie trailer Uh-oh. um i'm just gonna let the trailer speak for itself let me re- reload it uh and we'll yeah, yeah. see see if you guys are interested in seeing this you movie. You always seem to say the right thing to just the right person. What's your secret? I'm really just talking to myself. I don't charge for my advice. Well, you should, because it was amazing. I saw this, and I thought of you. You will be a hit. In- now, it's a white guy in a bar, and uh, people are saying you should, like, go and do something with your advice. He sees a piece of paper wanted ad which uh 2019 uh that says radio they're hiring at the radio but and women and minorities are encouraged to apply to to apply all right and back to the video uh whenever you're ready (laughs) all right i see a movie no time welcome to the joe show i submitted myself to a radio station for my own show well congratulations they rejected me well Congratulations, then. You weren't right for your own show? Jason skipped it. We need to get the money for this school. 13000 a semester? That's who needs their own show. If I was a black woman, I'd be perfect. So he seems to see some type of very cheaply animated uh, Jerry Springer-ass show with two black women arguing, mm-hmm. and he's like, Oh, I bet if I was a black woman, I could have got me my own radio show. Right. Okay. All right. Okay. The plot is moving along. I'm there. Man. She's brilliant. I know. Get her in. The phone be the biggest thing in radio, but I still need my anonymity. You know this? It's not a crime. It's theater. You love when low Now, uh, he, that's him still talking, saying it's going to be the big thing in radio. I just need my anonymity. Uh, he also goes to a st- radio studio now 
to do this radio show and there was a black guy that seems to be his friend that says it's not it's just radio it's theater so he's cool with the plan okay what's your problem hello Krisha. it's free oh i ain't talking to you not the way you sound next caller you go girl you just be good to her if you good to yourself you can be good to others don't be too good because the police will come around. <laughs> yeah. Where did you get this? I got another job. Doing what? Consulting work. What the hell would you know about being a white guy anyway? I know quite a bit. Loquisha is a real girl for every African-American woman on this planet. <laughs> like the whole city has a Quisha mania. I am Loquisha, officer. What was that? I think I might be a black woman trapped in a white man's body. You need to talk to Loquisha. Just because she's a woman and a black person doesn't mean that she doesn't understand you. Is this really happening? I'm on a bridge above the river, and I'm going to jump. But thanks for calling. Enjoy your jump. I got to start listening to her. So, Loquisha, the movie about a white man pretending to be a black woman on the radio a hundred a hundred from a mom karen a hundred all right yeah i think i gotta give it a hundred as well <sighs> i wonder if it's um a joke like like not a joke yeah. as in this movie is is such a funny joke i mean i wonder if like this is a like we're trying to go viral with a video or something like i i, I have a hard time believing this movie's gonna come out and be in theaters or anywhere people can watch it it looks so cheaply made mm-hmm. and it's edited in a way that's like ex- like extremely offensive on every level like it's such a it's it's the kind of movie that people claim like green book was you know what Come i mean on. where it's like yeah. black men in there just to be like it's cool with me uh black women in there that just to be imitated and mocked um his impression of a black woman is terrible like i'm not saying that if it was great it would be better or different but it would be better if it was great you know <laughs> like i don't like it i don't like the, the concept of it right it's so stereotypical and why not do the reverse mm. it never does the reverse they always commodify blackness right to where they can make money off of it right like that's the thing uh, what's more likely to happen in life like uh you know and that, and, that, and this is such a white male perspective right it's always yeah. like tootsie because men can't get jobs but a woman now see women have it so easy you know and this is that thing right it's that it's that insulting like black women have it so much easier than white men so i'm just gonna be a black woman because the world is an oyster for black women you know they just giving jobs you don't even gotta be qualified you can be anonymous you know uh it's that type of thing so um yes anyway i i like i said maybe it's some sort of like viral like trolling thing because i want to allow for that just for the fact not because i think that'll make it better but because i'm that cynical at this point that people sometimes do shit where they're like watch this blow up on the internet Mm -hmm. and i wonder if that's what he's doing and there's not even a fucking movie because it looks so terrible like it does look bad like the, the the just that little clip with the two women on jerry springer ass tv like it's such green screen bullshit and also low-key man i'm disappointed in every black person that was in this like yeah i know it's hard to get a job man but damn this job it must have sucked like i can't even imagine dog so i don't know um anyway i give it a hundred as well yeah um let's see is there anything else oh bbc radio host um fired 
for a stupid gag photo targeted at newborn royal baby oh they can't leave them alone danny baker who hosts a live call-in show on bbc radio 5 sent out a sense deleted tweet wednesday evening of a photo of a suited chimpanzee holding hands of a well-dressed couple with the caption royal baby leaves hospital it was just a matter of time he couldn't wait to say it he had to be first right he had to be first first what baker thought was a timely uh-huh. joke came just two days after the announcement of the monday of the monday birth of the child who was given the name archie harrison mountbatten windsor yeah they complained going, why didn't y'all have a baby here she was like nope we going to another country baker has deleted the tweet and issued an apology calling a stupid gag however bbc swiftly terminated his employment understanding the offense to marco who was african-american and essentially the entire black diaspora mm-hmm. sorry my gag pick of the little fella in the posh outfit has whipped some up uh <laughs> never occurred to me because well mine not diseased soon as those good enough to point out its possible connotations got in touch down it came and that's it I, I like how he tries to like be the look i I'm, I'm so not racist that i just did some racist shit because i didn't even know i was like what racism is well you know now bitch go ahead right. bye you called a baby an ape and but hey it's just hey you guys i don't even know how to why would i even think of that um so yeah that shit's super racist a hundred what about you guys a hundred same yeah, yeah. Uh, this is the thing man i know people were trying to be super woke about Meghan markle and uh she's marrying into british royalty and that family is this that and the other i don't really care she a black woman she from america i knew she was gonna deal with a bunch of fucking racist shit the Mm -hmm. second she went over there Mm -hmm. and she gonna have to deal with it for the rest of her life and i'm gonna be on the side of her pretty much in every one of these situations yeah like i mean it doesn't excuse like british imperialism or any of that shit but Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna just look at people calling her baby a monkey and be like oh well that's what you get like fuck you that's that's terrible (laughs) um all right let's do some uh guest the race and uh we'll we'll get out of here uh let me get my guest the race music and now that it's time for some guest the race that's right it's guest the race time now that it's time for some guest the race that's right it's guest the race time that's right it's time for guest the race the number one game show going across of all the podcast land and we where we play get news articles and we guess the race of the people involved in these different articles and of course everyone plays along including uh my mom today who's a guest and karen and the chat room and everyone playing is racist that's right uh first article video of a new jersey man urinating on a police vehicle as a crowd cheered was a personal insult says the cop okay a new jersey man was arrested sunday after police say a video appeared on social media appearing to show the suspect urinating on an unoccupied newark police suv with a crowd while a crowd cheered him on taquir boy 22 the man allegedly seen the video shot saturday night appeared to relieve himself on the mark police vehicle parked outside of city plex 12 movie theater the newark department of police safety said in a statement boy was arrested at his home just hours after citizens alerted police to the video snitches we, we absolutely will not tolerate disrespect to our police said the newark public safety director anthony f ambrose we take this as per- a personal insult when our department became aware of this we quickly moved to apprehend the suspect boy was charged with lewdness criminal mischief and disorderly conduct 
the west orange native was previously arrested in october for burglarizing a police cruiser parked outside of hoboken police headquarters oh so this is like his thing Goodness. he just see police cars and go off boyd uh-huh. boyd and another man have rummaged through the car throwing two summons books on the ground and unzipping a narcan kit uh ambrose said that the public bringing the video to the attention of police shows that mutual respect between authorities and citizens of newark is building the police mm-hmm. want to be respected and want the police and i guess wants the public wants to be respected and wants the police to be respected too uh all right karen guess the race of the queer boy black mom he's black and lucky as hell let's check the chat room see what they believe uh about this man let's see black says jane black black uh the goat black <laughs> fuck 12 black loquisha <laughs> i know that's right child uh why was he using like a 1950s slave like imitation of the black voice too it didn't even sound like no black woman alive today right why you watch going with the wind and was like i could do this uh <laughs> he's a nigra boy black we need more like him black and black the correct answer is black you guys all got it right i think it was the name that gave it away yeah for sure yeah to queer Boyd. um and then of course it's a as always we like those unique spellings it's a t-a-u he's one of those good blacks yeah <laughs> t-a-u-q-e-e-r so Woo! no no u after the q u before the q because we we got swag like that that game of thrones spelling <laughs> uh but yeah that's him uh it's showing on the screen yeah mm-hmm. okay. yeah talking about citizens and police no racism they was like get that nigger yeah that's the other thing it's like how dare that nigger pee they, on that car yeah he was white they wouldn't have cared yeah um let's uh let me pause it real quick all right now to the next story um let's see how about this one um speaking of the police uh, had sex in front of the police headquarters two florida lovebirds are facing of course florida <laughs> are facing uh-huh. criminal charges after they were caught having sex monday night on the sidewalk outside the police headquarters in key west cops say gary hill and crystal francis or franks i don't know how you pronounce that uh had shared a pint of vodka before they they began having a tryst in public Ooh, they were lit cops learned about the coupling around 9 p.m when a female passerby who reported that a duo was poised to have sex in front of the headquarters uh a snitch again man <laughs> when a patrolman went outside to investigate he spotted a 46 year old hill with his pants down having sex with francis who was not wearing pants or underwear duh the, the couple the couple lying down on the sidewalk was actively engaging in sexual intercourse police said i'm horny hill said when confronted by the officer she was giving it up to me right then and there hill seen above will also chalk up the illicit encounter as a key west moment i've never heard a truer thing than that uh hill was arrested for indecent exposure and booked into the monroe county jail on misdemeanor charge hill whose address is listed as the streets of key west in jail records <laughs> is he homeless the streets i'm from the streets is locked up on seventy five hundred dollars bond and scheduled for arraignment on may 21st 
france uh francis was not arrested at the scene since she was severely intoxicated and was taken to the hospital for treatment and arrest warrant is, is likely in her future as well man good grief this is a terrible story so guess the race of uh what's this guy's name yeah, gary hill everybody white yeah that's some white that's some white stuff okay everybody's going with white let's check the chat room white 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 Look like everybody going white all of the white uh well uh everybody went white on this one and everyone guess what you got it correct they were white you know he was drunk too because he was mad at the cops like y'all cock blocking no, right. I was finally getting some. But I just hope that wasn't no type of sexual oh, assault he was type thing. this photo. Yeah, well, obviously. God. I was, I mean, because you got to think, it was two seconds from when they caught him to take him to the police station. So. Uh, uh, that's right, because it's right in for that. And they didn't right. have no, no riding time to be so. They were like, just walk up these steps, sir. He had no time to uh, sober up, if you will. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I just hope, the being that they took her to the hospital, I just hope that it wasn't no sexual assault related type stuff. That was probably what they went to go check on. Yeah. Mm. But then they're expecting to put charges on her, too. So, who knows? Yeah um all right let's see uh last one uh let me get my bonus round music out uh here we go double the points and the race double the points and the race that's right double the points double the race bonus round against the race so far my mom and karen are two for two but will they be able to take it to three for three and finish out a perfect mother's day oh yeah i'ma try let's find out can't promise y'all nothing police search thief of hundreds of dollars worth of dove products and seafood dove products like soap yeah dove products and seafood lower allentown combination right lower allen township police were called to a non-active theft situation uh according to police they received a report that around 7 30 p.m april 23rd a blue honda with a pa registration arrived at the store a man with a shaved head glass and neck tattoo wearing a long sleeve green shirt shorts and a backpack entered the store with an acquaintance uh man the other man had a goatee wearing a philadelphia 76ers hat the white man oh i fucked up uh <laughs> never mind forget this one the white man and the black man y'all so y'all know damn it <laughs> they had it in the article <laughs> all right well let's do he was like I'm, that's what they got i was reading it <laughs> i tried it well i avoided it twice and then the third one they got me all the right. third one they got me all right let's see how about um we'll do another one let's do this one a texas man uh of course texas uh pistol whipped his ex revealing his criminal past to his new girlfriend oh shit uh a texas man has been accused of pistol whipping his ex-girlfriend because the woman had told his new girlfriend about his criminal past kenneth man 26 was arrested on saturday on a charge of aggravated assault a daily weapon stemming from what then why would the new girlfriend want you then like 
What you mean? You told me you got a criminal past, and then you pissed the whooping the other no, girlfriend. No, so that's not what happened. The ex girlfriend told the new girlfriend that the man she was dating had a criminal past. Yes, if I'm the new girlfriend, why would I want you now? I, I was told you had a criminal past, and now you pissed the whooping the old girlfriend. I'm next. No, thank you. Oh well, yeah, I guess that's why he did it in his mind and his mm-hmm. twisted logic was it's, the jig is up yep. so now i'm gonna go beat my old girlfriend rather than convince her that i've changed my ways and i'm no longer criminal right criminal ass dude mm-hmm. um yeah so he he, he uh pistol whipped her um kenneth man was arrested saturday on charge of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon um it's from a stemming from an incident that took place last fall uh he showed up uh to his ex-girlfriend's doorstep november 11 2018 armed with a gun to discuss her conversations with his current girlfriend at man's request the woman got into the car the pair drove to the back of the apartment complex where she lived as man and his ex-girlfriend were talking the woman said he grew angry pulled out the gun and uh oh well yeah i mean you're right that was right in front of the, the new girlfriend yeah uh oh wait i'm sorry no no you're right no this was okay man and his ex-girlfriend were talking the woman said he grew angry put out a gun struck her in the head with it when the victim emerged from the man's car she said the suspect followed her to her apartment telling her that she owed him for causing problems with his new girlfriend uh man then allegedly made his way inside the woman's home where he took her current boyfriend's handgun and an air gun as he was leaving man allegedly hit his ex-girlfriend in the head a second time with the gun records indicate the 26 year old has been arrested had been arrested in 2015 on a charge of causing bodily injury man remained in jail tuesday on fifty-seven thousand dollars bond yeah it sounded like she was trying to warn the new girlfriend right. of his violent past and then of course he got violent towards her um which is wild because i i mean so that mean you did not change that's brave of her to tell to try to warn that woman though right. anyway guess the race of kenneth man white okay same plot because of his name mm, okay let's check the chat room see what they believe um white uh says gene all right uh it's the only guess we got so far black says cast nickname man man black 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 i'm going with mama tips black black a lot of black one karen said white gene said white uh barbara this is shirley watch out girl um, <laughs> only two names black <laughs> the correct and oh black boy baby boy black <laughs> um the correct answer is i don't know he like like mexican or brown or something he not black or white though whatever oh, so everybody missed this shit um, everybody wrong everybody is wrong so you did a michael jackson on us yep and my block of white right. <laughs> <laughs> let me put it on my screen it's moving slow <laughs> for some reason um all right how to... is it tiger woods he just like he nah. looked, honestly he looked he looked um like indian he looked like aladdin mm. like y'all y'all see when they come on the screen like he look he look he look like he could be like in that new movie like isn't that, isn't that for oh, no. real for real the new black <laughs> I don't, 
he don't look black at all to me man he, he, he the new customer service representatives that you talk to <laughs> now when you call the 1-800 numbers he look a whole new world to me that's that's him right there is it showing up yet yeah oh yeah it's cute mm. yep like, oh man like i don't know he look like cal drogo ish like as far as race like i don't know what race that is well, but i just is, know it's not black or white well then what we do what you got new category i mean y'all could have said indian y'all could have said uh i wouldn't Mexican. get that from that name i would have given i know y'all just didn't get it it's just y'all missed it it just happens sometimes guys it's all good we all in good company Mm-hmm. y'all almost had a good score almost i was almost <laughs> two perfect. out of three two out of three <laughs> I um, take my ninety-five. It's still yeah, an A. Yeah. And there we go, sword ratching this time. A sex offender arrested for a sword slaying claims to be a serial killer. Oh. The tatted sex offender who was recently busted in New York for allegedly murdering an elderly man with a sword is now claiming to be behind a whole series of slayings across the country, oh. dating back to when he was 12. Good God. The NYPD arrested 32-year-old Nicholas Brent Gibson, uh, also known as Brent Savage, on a lower manhattan subway platform sunday for allegedly killing 77 year old eric stocker in his florida apartment after his arrest gibson claimed to have committed murders in florida california and georgia going back far back as 1999 where he would have been around 12 police said <sighs> yeah i want to think he like the highlander or some shit like why mm-hmm. are you killing all these people with swords or were they all with swords or what mm-hmm uh we will be working with law enforcement in these locations and attempt to determine the credibility of the statements gibson also admitted to his involvement in stalker's death the department said authorities believe gibson had worked as a health aide to stalker whose body was found at least 10 days after he was killed with a sword in mid-april gibson was locked up for rape in 2000 and released in 2007 uh a transit officer in the big apple spotted gibson on the southbound l train uh train platform at the first avenue station around 9 35 a.m sunday after recognizing him as a suspect in stalker's murder and cuffed him after a brief struggle gibson was charged with the resisting arrest obstructing governmental administration and as a as a fugitive in another state mm. i wonder if that serial killing <laughs> shit is true or not but either way it sounds like they got him off the streets and that's good all right yeah all right y'all that's it for today's episode mom thank you for being here thank you bye family i had a wonderful time always do have a great day mothers and uh, of course um shout out to um all the game of thrones people tonight is game of thrones uh second to last episode ever and two nba game sevens today so i'm in heaven it's a great great day (laughs) um and of course you know our hearts are with all the mothers that you know all the people that lost mothers all the people that um you know don't have those that good relationship or whatever it is um you know hearts with y'all as well and uh, happy mother's day to everybody um so all right we'll talk to y'all next time until then i love you i love you too